If you would like to turn in your Bibles, I'd like to turn to Acts chapter 26 and read 17 and 18. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto who now I send thee, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, and the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. My prayer for everyone is that they will be turned from darkness into light. We see a lot of darkness in India, but the minute you enter the church, you hear the songs of praise. You see them lifting their hands to God and praising him and worshiping him in the spirit and truth. And it's just a true joy. So in a dark country, there is light in the darkness if we look for it. What a privilege to stand before you tonight and declare that God is still on his throne and he is still answering prayer. More than ever before in India, he is turning the darkness that are in the lives and the glorious and giving them the glorious light of the gospel. And um, about 14 years ago, Brother Daryl and Sister Debbie came to India. And we had not been in India very long when Brother Raju received a call from Brother Ratnam, who is his father-in-law and is a pastor of one of our churches. And he had gathered together a lot of Hindu people, and he wanted Brother Daryl to come that night to come and preach. And bless his heart, I believe it was the first day we were there, if I remember correctly, and we were tired. Everybody was tired. And um, I heard he tried to knock on our door, and I was sound asleep out. (laughs) But he went and preached. There was a man there that night, a Hindu, and he heard the gospel that Brother Darrell preached. And service was over, and he took off. He just took off and not to be seen, we thought. But recently, before we came to India, I received a phone call, and Brother Ratnam said that the man that had been in that service and took off, however long ago it was, gave his heart to Lord the week before we came. What an answer to prayer. What a privilege to hear that even. Uh, what, as a long gap as it was and everything, he came to the Lord. He saw the light. The word sown can reap a harvest years later, as we can see. At that time, you just don't know what the Lord is doing behind the scenes. A word spoken or a kindness shown can give God something to work with. God can take our sometimes feeble efforts and make mighty through his power for his glory. In our 2019 trip, we were at the Massacapali Church, and Brother Samuel and Sister and Elizabeth um, have oversee of that church. And a lady at the end of the service asked if we would pray for her. And uh, she told us that 
She wanted us to pray that her and her husband would be able to have a child. And so we prayed for her. And then this trip, um, we were not able to go to Masakapali because Brother Raju got a bad kidney stone attack, and he's our interpreter. And so, but uh, the late, she had come because they didn't know we weren't coming. And she says, oh, I can't wait to tell them. I can't wait to tell them. Well, she's pregnant with a little baby. What an answer to prayer, even a few years later. He never fails. How that increases our faith, I'll tell you. And it increased her faith, too, that whole church. It increases their faith when there's an answer to prayer like that. Well, one thing for sure in India is the pastors sure know how to get the children to come to VBS. It is, it's so exciting to see how many children come. And this year we totaled up 800 children that had come. And we were minus three churches, uh, partially from flooding that was going on. And also for the fact that Brother Raju got sick, so we missed two going to. I've heard that over half the population of India are under the age of 25. And we know that usually most people come to the Lord, they do so when they're teenager, under teenager, or teenagers. That is why we place a lot of emphasis on VBS. It is critical to reach these children and to win as many as possible while they are still young and their hearts are not hardened from the deceitfulness of sin. And we see it so often over there, these little children just wanting to do what Jesus wants them to do. The theme this year was, all things are ready. Come to the feast. Aren't you ready for that to happen? Yes, we're looking forward to that day. I just have total joy today. Usually I'm a nervous wreck, and today I've had total joy, and it's just a miracle. I love miracles. And um, so, anyway, we taught about that all things are ready, come to the feast, and we explained that, well, we asked them, after we told them about the marriage supper of the Lamb and what it would take to get there, that they would need to ask Jesus to forgive them for their sins and be ready. That way they would be ready when the that supper of the lamb happens, marriage supper of the lamb. And um, at the end of the teaching, there were many who wanted to attend the marriage supper of the lamb. It was a beautiful sight. And there were not so many older children, but a lot of older children are saved already but quite a few young children that just lit up and they just stood up and raised their hand and they wanted to be ready. And so Brother Raju read to them, uh, not read to them, he prayed the prayer of 
um, being saved, how to be saved. And the children followed what he said, and oh, it, it was just a precious sight at every church. Just your heart just melts when this happens. And so at the end, when after they had prayed, we had uh, a big invitation that said, all things are ready, come to the feast. Great big sign. And we gave all the children little stickers, and then they put their names on them, and they pinned them to the invitation. And uh, because of that, we had ordered New Testaments for them, and a lot of them we could tell were not old enough to read, but we didn't place a limit on age at all. Because these kids all come from Hindu families, and we have the hope that when they take that Bible home, that they will lead the parents. Hopefully, they'll read the Bible and turn to the Lord and help their little ones to reach that goal, too. So they got their New Testaments, and they... It was amazing. The ones that were old enough, they just immediately opened it and started reading it. It was such a thrill to our souls. We knew we had done the right thing. Well, one of the highlights of our trip was the dedication of the Petipudi Church. Due to the increase of believers during COVID, more have come and given to their, their heart to God. Because of the increase of the believers, Brother Daryl agreed to build a an extension to the current church. And that was going up really good. And one day the builder went up on top of the old part of the church and saw that the roof was caving in, just the start of caving in. And then they went into the inside of the church and two of the walls that met were starting to fall apart. Well, we went back to Brother Daryl and told him that um, there's a little problem. And so he prayed about it, thought about it, prayed about it, looked into monies and all that kind of thing. And and he came back to me and he says, well, we don't want to put new wine in old bottles. And that just thrilled my soul. Thrilled me completely. Thrilled the people over there too. And so the new, the new part was built and they started the new church. And we had the privilege of being there to dedicate the church. Um, over 800 people came. We don't know past that how many. But, uh, and the church fed a big feast after the end of the uh, dedication. And, um, uh, but when the church was being built, I, I kind of skipped that here. When the church was being built, they couldn't bring heavy equipment in. The streets in that area are extremely narrow. And so, they had to bring men in with sledgehammers. And that's how they got the church down, the old church, just sledgehammers. And if you would have saw how precarious it was, it's just amazing there wasn't any bad accidents. 
And um, the real miracle is all the Hindus that live around them. You would think they'd be complaining about the noise. I would get videos from Brother Raju, and he would send me this horrible noise, and I would turn it off immediately after I started hearing it. It was so horribly loud. And not one complaint was said about the noise. Now, there was a lot of dust and dirt and lots of rubble around, and there were a few complaints about that, but that's nothing compared to what we would expect from a Hindu area that where we're building a church. So the church property, when they got to the point where it was time to build a stairway for it, um, they realized they were minus four square yards for the beginning of the stairway. And there was a Hindu family who owned that property. And Brother Raju went to them and asked, is there any chance that you would let us have this four square yard so that we can finish the church? And lo and behold, they said yes, and at no cost. Talk about a miracle. These people know how to pray. I know you know how to pray. It's just I've just been there, and I have seen what has happened through prayer. And we don't want to limit our prayers. They're, they're worth everything. So before I left, this is changing a change of scenery here. Before I left for India, I received an email from a young man from Pakistan. His name is Brother Shabib, and he has started a church, and he has a great desire to be a part of the Apostolic Faith Church. While we were on the trip, we set up two Zoom meetings with Brother Shabib, and um, the first one was talk to his family, meet his family, and then the second one um, Rob and I testified, and Brother Peter brought a message to their... I, as I was watching the Zoom, I was trying to count hurriedly how many people were there, and I, I counted 70 for sure. And um, just so into what they were hearing and what, he, what Brother Shabib was interpreting. And... Um, he really, he really wants to do what the gospel has. He wants to be a part of this gospel. He also has five men that are under him that who want to be pastors also under the apostolic faith. And Brother Darrell sent him the download for the minister's manual, and he's faithfully reading that. And we almost daily have conversations about different parts of the Apostolic Faith Manual, and he wants it. And um, I, we're not sure where he's at in his walk, but we know that he's seeking. And I'd like to ask a prayer request that you pray for him. Um, he's not afraid to go where... It's dangerous. Um, he last week he went. Uh, I think it's called the Polis, Polistan 
it's not a valley, it's uh, like a desert, hot. There's no water, no electricity. Uh, the people don't have roofs over their head at night. And um, his brother and him uh, hired a car to take them as far as they could go, and then they had to walk miles on the hot sand. And they met with a huge, I guess you'd call them a tribe, that had an elder, and an elder is very important in any, any place like that. And if the elder approves of something, it's okay, but if he doesn't, you're in trouble. Well, he wanted to hear the gospel. And we got pictures of Brother Shabib teaching the little boys the one interesting thing I thought in the pictures, there was not one woman or one girl child there. And I don't know if it's due to their beliefs of keeping them out, but, um, but there were many men and many boys. And uh, he saw real victory, and the elder of the whole place gave his heart to Jesus. And he said, please come back, please tell us more about this God and about salvation and everything. So, are you willing to do what it takes to do or what he requires you to do in this world? There's so many needs all over the world and not enough people to fill those needs. And I'm talking about going yourself and preaching the word. And um, if you're willing to do this, we need to be consecrated. There just has to be a willingness to please God now and in the future. We sometimes sing the words, is your all on the altar? And I'll tell you, I can tell you from going, it's worth everything. It is absolutely worth everything to go and preach the gospel and see souls saved. There's just no greater joy than that. And if the sacrifice we have made is kept on the altar, you can come with boldness and expect God to answer your prayers. We realize that the gospel invitation has gone out for about 2,000 years. Even as it goes out once again, it seems more urgent than ever. Because with each passing day, we are so much closer to the coming of the Lord. When we were at the airport ready to go home, we watched a man just running frantically to catch his plane. And he, he says, I've got to catch that plane, just running. I, I've never seen someone run that fast. But it was at the gate we were waiting for our flight, and the uh, ticket people were gone, the door had been shut, and we looked out the window, and that plane was gone. That was such a, a feeling of finality. You know, what if the Lord came? And we're not ready. That's where it's at. We've got to be ready. 
We've got to take a step towards God and don't let go of God. Just keep forging, forging forward. God is here for us. He's here tonight. I have one last scripture I would like to leave with you concerning prayer, and you will find it in 1 John 5, 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know what he hear us, that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Let's believe that promise and come out to pray tonight. The song we are going to sing is 285.